You guys get a better shot of the bridge. <clears throat> anyway, let's open this up here. I got some mail earlier today. So, for those of you who uh, like to listen to these uh, videos as opposed to watching them here on YouTube, I do have a podcast. You guys let me know. You can find the link to the podcast over at my website, uh, uneducatedeconomist.com. Um, been trying to promote the podcast a little bit more. So, you know, for those of your, you know, for those of you who, like I said, like to listen to it and have friends who would rather listen to podcasts as opposed to watching the YouTube videos, you can always send them links to, to my podcast and, and have them listen to it. So when they're working out or headed to work or doing the things that they do in their life, they can listen to, um, the uneducated economist anytime. So, let's see here. This came from... Alright. Ketchikan? Cool. Um, Tempest Fugit, Latin translation. Times are wasting or time flies. Thank you for the time you put into the channel. If not wasted, looking forward to seeing you get a book getting oh a hundred oh, I'm sorry <laughs> my bad 100k sub plaque yeah me too I'm looking forward to getting to that 100k mark that would be quite exciting to get there you guys can hear me all right right I guess so I mean I'm sure you probably would have said something by now all right man um okay let's see tempest fugit land translation times flies all right, we're going to see what's in here. Oh, wow. Whoa. Very cool. Oh, wow. What a great piece. Look at that. Let me see if I can bring it in. Isn't that cool? Thank you so much. And that is right on. That was very cool of you, man. I really appreciate it. DB? Oh, from DB? Thank you, man. Thank you so much. All right, so uh, down in the link, you're going to find, or down in the description, you'll find a link, there we go, to an article uh, talking about how studying economics or getting a degree in economics uh, leads to a path of more money in your career and how those who get that degree in economics are much more likely to earn that money. Funny thing about it is, is that very few people are going to get a degree in economics even or getting a majoring in economics anyway. Um, at least that's what the article was saying. <laughs> And according to um, the University of California, Santa Cruz, in order to major in economics, you have to have a 2.8 grade point average, which leads people like me, like, pretty much out of it. Like, I didn't even, I don't know if I ever got a 2.8 grade point average the entire time I was in school. So, like, I would never have, like, ever come to the possibilities of getting a majoring in economics. 
However, studying economics, you don't need to go to school for. You can just go out and learn as much as you want on the internet, and that's what I did. And it's amazing on what happens when you do study economics, for it has really changed my life. Um, you know, most of the reasons why you're going to do well getting a degree in economics is probably because you're going to get a job in some sort of financial career, real estate, working for, you know, an investment company or something like that. And those those careers generally pay a lot more than, you know, some of the other lesser degrees that or, you know, careers out there that, you know, from a degree that you would get. Anyway. Even just studying economics has given me the ability to come out here and entertain on YouTube. So it's not just like, you know, having a career that, you know, deals in finance or something like that. But just the ability to, you know, just talk economics itself is, you know, a way that somebody can earn money. Just like I've done. And it's funny. Everybody walks by and smiles and laughs at me because I'm talking on the Internet. Anyway, um, thought that was a pretty interesting article to read, you know, to think that, like, really growing up, we never learned anything about economics, like, at all. Um, you know, you can kind of learn how to balance a checkbook and, you know, how to pay your taxes and stuff like that. But outside of that, really, you are not taught anything about money, how it is, you know, the history of it, all the all this stuff that goes along with economics. And... It's no surprise, like, if everybody knew this stuff, then probably that handful of people who are able to acquire the knowledge and use it, you know, for their benefit like they do, it wouldn't be so easy for them if everybody knew, understood it, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's no surprise that they don't, they don't educate more of us on the idea of what economics are, how, you know, really how, like, beyond just paying your taxes and, and balancing a checkbook. Wow, there's a whole parade of bicycles going by. Anyway, what are you guys talking about? hundred of you right on. Be sure and hit that like button if you could, guys. They'll get the algorithm out there, spreading the video around. We'll get more people up in here. Oh, right on. James, thank you so much for the super chat. How much money would you need to leave Oregon? Wow. Um, I never really thought about leaving Oregon. I mean, I would have if I was to leave Oregon, it would be more for a reason of, like, some other something outside of that like I don't know if it would be like money that would drive me out of Oregon you, you know what I mean it would be like some sort of uh, it would be something more of like growing as a person or benefiting the family or doing something of that nature I mean I guess if it was a bunch of money that was going to benefit me by leaving Oregon then I would do that but it's not like I have this set number that would be like, here's your number that would get you out of Oregon. I don't, I don't look at it like that. <laughs> Somebody want to see what the tattoo is? Can you guess what it is? Some of you already know. All right. Thanks for the river view. Yeah, I figured I'd sit on this side and give you a better shot of the bridge today. <laughs> the geese are going nuts. All right. No, not London Bridge. That is the Megler Bridge. Uh, we're gonna. Oh, this is the bummer. I go right in front of. Too bad. I need to flip the camera around. That's what I need to do, or else my finger's gonna be up in the way the entire time. Ninja Coffee there. Yeah, I've. Um, I stopped over at the. Um, at the drive-through to get some coffee this morning on the way in. A practical education beats an institutional education every time. Yep. 
Um, you and Economic Ninja. Yeah, it's I just it happened. I I hardly ever go go there, but to this it happened to be this morning. So let me see if I can do it like this so I don't put my finger in the camera. Should have flipped the phone over. What else? Oh, there was another one up there. There we go. Uh, you should get interviewed by Yaren Yarn Book Brook. Yeah, I'm not sure who that is, but I'll take a look. I'll check them out. What is the topic? I'm late. Oh, we were talking about. Oh, check these geese. They're gonna fly right over it. Oh no. Anyway, uh, today's topic, we were talking about um, how getting a degree in, in economics is the most beneficial to making money as far as a career goes. Uh, the link is down in the description talking about it, and it was quite dramatic too. Um, but what I was kind of getting out of it was the limitation that people have actually into understanding and being educated in economics. I mean, anybody can go out onto the internet and learn whatever you want, but you know, actually getting that degree, even uh, according to the article, uh, University of California, Santa Cruz requires a 2.8 grade point average in order to major in economics, which, you know, to think about like, you have to maintain that kind of grade point average for me was like pretty difficult in itself when I was in high school. So, I mean, I don't know about college, but maintaining that and then also having an interest in economics on top of it. I mean, it's pretty, dull, boring sub subject, you know, until you really get into it like us. And then we like, you know, kind of live for it almost. But, you know, the chances of somebody actually getting a degree in economics is probably pretty low. So um, it's almost as if like they keep you out of it. It's almost as if they keep you poor. You know, they don't want you to learn it. And everybody did understand this. It wouldn't be the same environment for people. It wouldn't be as easy for those who do understand it to make the money that they do like you know, being financial advisors and stuff like that. Shotgun them yummy geese. Yeah, I, it's been a long time. I used to do... I'm going to go sit on this side because that way it's easier to scroll. The, I'll just kind of sit out of the way of the bridge for you guys. But ah, I used to do a lot of uh, waterfowl hunting when I was younger. It was one of the, like, the, one of the funnest th hobbies that I had. But it's kind of expensive and... When your gear gets old and replacing it all and you get, you know, doesn't happen as frequently and you end up having family and kids come, you know, first and pretty soon you don't have that hobby anymore. So, yeah, I should get back into it again. I could really do, I mean, really, I guess I could do more field hunting or something like that where you don't need the boats and all that other stuff. All right. Uh, let's see here. I'm long on BTC. Yeah, me too. I will probably, it would be very difficult for me to, to sell off my Bitcoin right now. Economics degree are Keynesian-based bullshit. Yeah, that is so true. Um, and that's probably, that's probably one of the bigger things. Like, you know, getting a degree in like Austrian economics or something like that is just not, not really like, you know, as prevalent out there when you consider that we live in a Keynesian environment. So if you're not a Keynesian economist, you're probably not going to do very well living in a Keynesian world, you know? So, um, or if you're not, yeah, unless you're a Keynesian economist. So, Do you think instead of there being a big crash in fiat currencies that we could have lots of different currencies like gold, silver, crypto, alongside many others? Um, I don't think that would, I, I'll, 
I guess it could. Um, competing currencies will end up driving out, like good currencies will drive out bad currencies. And unfortunately, like having competing currencies is would have that sort of nature to it. But in my opinion, I think that competing currencies would be the best way to go about it. Um, you know, if you, you know, just like anything, competition is good for business, and competing currencies is no different in my opinion. So I actually hold different currencies just for that same reason you know i mean holding cash holding gold holding cryptos those are the different currencies that are out there even though you have the most prevalent one being like dollars or something like that hey economic ninja brother thank you hey check it out man <laughs> uh, I think without basic financial discipline, most people will be broke no matter their education. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's probably it. Um, you know, I, I relate a lot to debt being like a lot like addiction, like alcohol or drugs or anything else. And, you know, they really get you addicted to, to debt. They, it's pretty much like what everybody is suffering with. Even like, you know, all this talk about student loan debts and stuff like that. I Everybody I know, it seems like everybody I know has some sort of student loan debt that, that seems to bog them down or linger over their head. And it's, and it's interesting. Like, once you have this kind of feeling, like, I remember one time, uh, like, somebody was saying, like, when they were a million dollars in debt, like, I was just like, I was like, oh, like a million dollars in debt. Like, I couldn't even imagine, like, how much that must be. They said, like, you know, getting up to that was really nerve-wracking. Like, you know, it was just like every night they would be stressed out, you know. It was just like $800,000 in debt. And then they got to a million dollars, and then it was just like it wasn't any big deal anymore. It's like any more debt that went on there, it was just like, it, it wasn't like, it didn't. I kind of related to, like, heights, almost. Like, when you're walk, <laughs> boy, I, my brain is bouncing everywhere. Um, when you're, like, framing a house, and you're up on the first-story plate, it's like scary, right? So you're walking the plate, you're up there on the first story, you got this five and a half inch plate that you're walking, you're rolling trusses or you know, rolling out joists or doing whatever it is that you get up doing. It's scary. Then you move up to the second story, right? And then like the, the fear is just like insane because almost from the first story on the plate, you could practically jump. Like you could almost just like, man, I could almost like, if I jump from here, I might be able to like, you know, land all right. You get up to the second story, you're up on the second story plates, you know that if you fall, you're dead. That's it. There's like, you know, the chances of survival on this, and even if you didn't die, the pain from the fall is going to be incredibly intense, and you're probably going to wish you had died. So you get up to the second story, and it's just like, oh, man, this is, freaking, this is high, right? And then you're scared. And you go up to the third story, but it doesn't seem as scary. Like, the... the the fear doesn't really intensify after that second story. It's like, that's it. Like, you know, after that point, it's it's it. Like, if you fall from here, you're dead, right? So, like, that fear from the first story up to the second story does intensify. But after that, the fear kind of goes away. I think a lot of that happens with debt as well. You get to a point where you're just no longer scared of it. You're like, ah, whatever. It's just debt. You just keep taking it on, you know? All right. <laughs> the birds, yeah, they were kind of crazy out there. Thoughts on SSA reform, potential launch of digital currency in the U.S. Um, like the Social Security Administration reform? I, um, 
I don't know if like I really anticipate anything from Social Security, if that's what you're referring to. Um, like to me, like if that's something that exists beyond you know the, the baby boomer generation or anything like that, then I guess okay, that's awesome. But like it's not something I ever really count on or even like anticipate or think about. Um, you know, it's not it to me. That's something that's like a carrot that lingers over your head, like it's something that they dangle out in front of you. Or something that's just like, hey, if you don't follow our way or listen to us or something, this is going to be like a, a punishment to you. You're not going to get it, or here you can get more of it, or something like that. Um, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I, I don't. I don't have it in my thoughts as far as the future goes. Cryptocurrencies are definitely coming, and at that point, transparency is going to be a whole lot different. We won't have to rely on uh, on the decisions of government or individuals anymore. Um, well, we will, but not not nearly as much. Especially when we start getting into the smart contracts of things. Make sure my phone doesn't start cooking here. Um, once we get into smart contracts, you're gonna you're gonna find like the need for courts and authorities and stuff like that is gonna be just. It, it, they're they're just going to become less you know they're just not going to have any relevance anymore because they won't be needed these smart contracts will fulfill regardless of them so let me put this thing up behind here Ooh, drop my silver piece there my phone's going to start cooking if I don't put some kind of shield up oops Alright, uh, do do do. All night, okay, let's see here. Hello from California. I enjoy your show daily. Boy, it's so dark. My phone's getting cooked here. Uh, do you have an opinion on the new currency transaction system that Russia is using to avoid the SWIFT? Oops. To avoid the SWIFT system seems like it might be a real threat. Um, okay. Um, no, we've talked about this in the past. And no, it is It is something that's probably going to be used, especially considering the, the bullying that the United States is using with that currency, like to try and push countries around to behave in certain fashions. Now, it doesn't take too long for other nations who are not being pushed around to look over and say like man if they're doing it to them how long or where does it go before it eventually happens to us and that's where a lot of like you know this other alternative system starts to come into play it was just like well if the if the united states is going to behave in such fashions then maybe we should find an alternative system to use and that's where like you know russia and you know this alternative swiss system that is being used here comes the trolley starts to come in into play for these other nations to use as opposed to what the United States is doing. Oops. Now, that comes down to a communication thing, right? So this is really what the SWIFT is. It's like a messaging system. It's the way that all nations, corporations, however, do their, do their transactions amongst each other. And most of the time it's done using like the US currency and the United States is the one who's in charge of all this stuff. Now, if you believe that 
Russia and China and these guys are going to have a system that is more trustworthy than the United States, then I could see where it would become much more of a bigger threat. I mean, I could see where it's a nuisance right now and it's probably a real pain, but it's not like a major threat that the world is going to shift over to start using this alternative messaging system for their payments because you would have to put your trust into Russia and China. And I mean, at least with the United States, like I've said before, you have this idea of a freeish nation. You know, it's not like it's it's not like you know where they are blatantly like you know communist surveilling, threatening, draconian, whatever. I mean, at least we have this idea that we can at. at have this idea that maybe we could be free, right? You know, there that you don't even have that maybe. Uh, our trolley now, where that, know where that is. Yeah, it's right along the river walk here. I'm glad to see it up and running again. There was a few people on it, not, not too many. Uh, it'll be decades before the dollar loses reserve status, if at all. Um, it will, it, it, it will at some point. Um, only because like I, I could only I I would I would assume that China would have been the next one to line up for it, but the difference now is is that we have digital currencies that are coming in into play. And really the reason that uh that the United States ended up with the world reserve currency is because we were the major ma- manufacturing powerhouse. Um I mean, it really takes it back to a ways, and you have to think about, like, the Cantillon theory, you know, the Cantillon effect, and how when new money started pouring into the system, what happened? Now, we were a major manufacturer. Like, we produced the world's goods. Everybody bought everything from us. That was new money pouring into into our economy. As this new money started pouring into the economy, it started driving up the prices of everything because as this new money comes in, people start spending that money. It starts getting into the system, and by the time it gets down to the end of the line, the people at the end of the line are now suffering with less wage increases, but they have to pay more for all these items that are now being purchased in, you know, within that particular region, right? This is that Cantillon effect that we have talked about. Well, it happens on a major scale as well, because as manufacturer of all the world's goods at the time, then you are bringing in all this new money. Well, the same thing begins to happen, right? So all this new money that was pouring in started driving out the domestic manufacturing as we started seeking seeking out ever-increasing cheaper imports from around the world. As these imports started pouring in, the manufacturing started to leave and it started driving out more and more of the inhabitants. But it doesn't really drive them out. What it does is it drives them down into poverty. And that's why we're seeing such a separation of wealth. You know, the the you know, the wedge between inequality is just it's only gonna continue to grow because of this. Now China, they're the next ones in line, right? So they're the ones who are now manufacturing the stuff and they're sending it out to the world. That's money coming into their nation. And if they continue with this and they continue to pour, you know, or push more items out to the world and pour more money in, the new money coming into it, it's going to start, you know, increasing their standards of living. Everybody's going to start buying in houses and cars and increasing their life. And once they start increasing their life and finding that the goods and services within their own nation are starting to go up in price, they're going to start seeking out foreign imports at some point. Now, that's obviously a long ways down the road. But once that starts to happen, what's going to be in in place? Well, they're going to have to have the world reserve currency at that point for everybody to, you know, to supply the world with it. And 
that's not a position in which that if you were a manufacturer you're going to do right so as we lost our manufacturing of of goods and sending that out to the to the world we started exporting all our all our dollars to them right we started exporting our debt they wanted to buy you know safe and liquid assets and so they started buying into the US treasuries now we have even more money coming in from foreign nations and and just foreign investors buying into US treasuries which is another way of like new money coming into the system so this is where where it's like winding up to an end i just don't see how the united states can maintain a world reserve currency forever at some point that's going to fail and when it does like is there another world reserve currency that's in line it would have to be china right now china is not necessarily a trustworthy nation and they don't have a debt market big enough and they do more exports than imports and so like Triffin's dilemma doesn't give them the ability to even supply the world with with a world reserve currency not at this point so could you do it with a digital currency sure so now digital currency becomes like the next possibility for world reserve currency but which one is it is it going to be a single nation is it going to be like a basket of world currencies is it going to be like you know the, does like the world like the international monetary fund come up with a with a with a world reserve currency or something like that like an SDR version of of a cryptocurrency this is this is how like you know the possibilities is is wide open nobody knows where it's going to go um anyway i lost what the original question was i just kind of got to babbling sorry guys what's next uh, actually, America was about the only country that didn't get destroyed in World War II. Uh, that's how we got the reserve currency status away from England and had uh, it ever since. Shows what a war can do. Yeah, it also shows what happens when you're trying to protect your gold and you send it over to the United States and have them hold on to it and then they don't give it back. Right? Isn't like, didn't Germany ask for their gold back a while like a long time ago and we were like yeah maybe sometime here in the future we can get you your gold you know remember that story and then didn't they get a bunch of it and it was filled with tungsten or something it was like fake gold anyway i can't remember all those stories so many of them hi from beaverton hey man right on a local astoria is one of my favorite places it reminds me of wellington very cool uh, uneducated economists, is there any positive correlating news for all the negative economic news we have been enduring? Thanks for your thoughts. Um, I've come to the conclusion that all economic news is negative news. It's the dismal science. It's all depressing. So, no, there is no good news. It's just news. And whether you take it as good news or bad news, it's up to you. I look at it as more of a condition of the environment. It's kind of like being out there on that river right now. You could be out there in a on a sheet of plywood and not have any danger of like drowning or anything because it's almost like glass out there but you know here give it a little bit of time and the economic conditions will change much like that river will change and it won't be the same environment anymore so it's not a matter of whether or not it's good or bad it's just whether or not well whether or not you're uh, you know you're prepared for the condition in which that you're in <laughs> smoke weed and listen to the news well that's one way of going about it Wise words, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, let's see here. What would happen if Japan started to sell their U.S. treasuries? Heard they own $1.3 trillion. Well, they, just like anything. I mean, if they start selling their treasuries off, um, 
then you're going to find that they're going to start adding more treasuries to the market. Yields will start to rise. Prices will start to fall on those on those bonds. And everything will become more difficult. The only thing is, is that what are they doing? They're trying to get a hold of cash that they do. And if they're getting a hold of cash, what are they doing with that cash? I mean, are they going to take that cash and buy what? I mean, are they going to go and spend it in the United States? Are they going to, I mean, what are they going to do with that cash? And if they decide that they're just going to hold on to it, well, what would that do? That would start pulling liquidity out of the market, right? That would pull more cash out because they're sitting on it. So... I don't know. Like, what would that mean? What do you think that would would do? I mean, to me, it would be more of a position in which that you would want to be into cash because it sounds to me like if you're selling treasuries, you're trying to get into a cash position. Otherwise, you would be sitting on treasuries so that you can get some sort of return on it. Uh, Let's see here. I'm so glad I've never gotten seasick or any motion sickness. Yeah, I could agree with you, all-nighter. Don't you fish for a living? I mean, that would be a pretty bad position to be in. <laughs> all right. Um, I got sick right out there to the right a little. <laughs> Three things to always invest in. Food, clothing, and housing. Yeah. What do you think about labor shortages and demographics struggle in the West coming to light? Um, I say give it some time. I say give it a little bit of time, and when we start seeing some real food shortages out there, you're going to find people who are very comfortable in the like not working kind of position are going to find themselves working because nothing drives you to work faster than being hungry. So that might uh, that might change the way things, uh, you know, as far as the environment goes, that might change quite a bit. Um, as far as like the labor shortages, I don't think I don't think it's uh, I think a lot of it had to do with people retiring during the pandemic. They're like, well, if we're going to be locked down, I'm not going back to work anyway after this. So they just kind of retired early. At the same time, there was a lot of people who didn't go to school. Right? So there was school shut down and people retiring. And so that left like a big gap of like people not really equipped or ready or wanting to go back to work. And so once that equilibrium kind of fades out and you have people who have less stimulus coming in or assistance and food starts going up and energy goes up and things like apartments start to become more available like giving them reason to you know actually go and pursue trying to get out on their own and make a living on their own once that environment starts to become more prevalent then you're gonna you're gonna find people going back to work um it's going to be, you know, I mean, just like anything, it's difficult out there, right? So it's not like there's going to be a time where everybody's going to be like, man, this is like the the easiest time to ever go and, and make a living and, and enjoy yourself. Like that doesn't, like, that doesn't happen. It's only a matter of like dealing with the situation that you have at hand. And right now with this labor shortage, I find that very... Uh, I found that very obscured. I don't think it's I don't think it's accurate to to what the economy is really going to level out at. Um, a lot of people might disagree with that. They think that like you know a lot of the uh, advancements in automation and stuff like that is taking jobs away. I don't see it that way. Um, I think automation and taking away of like jobs that are meaningless 
gives people the ability to go off and do what they actually truly wanted to do with their lives. Um, I use like the operators back in the day, the switchboard operators, you know, who there used to be like practically warehouses full of women who would, you know, just be constantly switching, switching wires around to make connections for phone calls. And that was their entire job. And that's what they would do all day long. Well, once they, once that went away and they didn't need these switchboard operators any longer, people were like, oh, all these women, they're not going to have anything to do. These geese are noisy, yeah? So all these women, they're not going to have anything to do, but that wasn't the truth. I mean, sure, it did at first, you know, there was like, you know, you know, a, a big gap there, but, you know, these these women, they, they went to work. They went and found like what they really needed to do with their lives. They found their real passion. They started going to school. They became doctors and lawyers and politicians and stuff. And next thing you know, we had like, you know, some of the greatest advancements as far as like, you know, women moving up in, in careers and, and their possibilities. Even the suffering that they had to go through through some of that stuff, through these great layoffs and things that happened during that time. I mean, the younger generation witnessed that and said that I'm going to do better for ourselves. We're not going to experience that for ourselves. So really, like the ending of that and the severing of, of those jobs, like just like the immediately taking away and ending that that form of income, although it was devastating at the moment, was probably one of the best things that, that could have ever happened, you know. Um, and for for that kind of light, you know. Anyway, I don't know. A lot of people might disagree with that, but whatever. That's what it is, you know. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Wonder how many of these big name channels are for real or just copycats? What big name channel? Are you talking about like in the uh... <laughs> geese coming through some more? They're just like they're just everywhere today. <laughs> Uh, what are you going to do when the subscriber count hits 100,000? I don't know. I should, I should like, do something. Um, I don't know, maybe throw a party or something like that. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a long road to get to 100,000, and I'm pretty excited about getting there. I mean, it's probably going to happen here, in, you know, the next, you know, by this summer sometime, I would assume. And, um... I don't know. I don't know. Throw a party. That's what I'll do. Um, when will my giant pile of gold buy me a house, though? Um, that's going to be a tough one. I mean, it, you know, I used to think about, like, precious metals as being an investment, something that I would make a bunch of money from, like... I, but I don't, I don't really see it that way. Um, I look at precious metals as more of an insurance policy. So if you're looking at it to buy you a house someday, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, how much, are you, how much do you have and how big of a house do you want? And I don't know. Like, to me, like, I don't even think about it like that. I think about it as more of like, you know, in case something goes wrong, I got something that's outside of a third party. If the banking system shuts down, if the electricity shuts down, if something, you know, were to go wrong, I have something valuable, it's recognizable, it's, for me, it's easy to, to, to trade, I got a network of people who, you know, who understand it, so, like, to me, silver is, silver and gold is more of an insurance policy than it is an investment, but, I mean, I guess if you're looking for it to buy you a house, you should probably invest in, like, 
like miners or something like that, something that's really going to go up in value as opposed to to owning the precious metal itself. But then you're into a third party, and that's not financial advice. That's just like you know me kind of thinking out loud. Uh, UE sees it as a real fire insurance. Yeah, I mean it really is. I mean, go through a fire and you know it still survive. Man, I feel lucky. Just had an offer on a house accepted, and likely second offer to be accepted. Just started looking a week ago. Yeah. Um, yep. Here goes the trolley again. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Trolley is too. Uh, vibration knocked the uh, camera over. Her lumber prices went up again. Yeah, lumber prices are up over a thousand per thousand. That's a. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I was kind of thinking about it. Um, you know, there is still quite a bit of a demand for building going on. And, you know, it's not surprising that you see a lot of materials still going into the actual building industry. Uh, retail end of things, like, you know, the homeowner kind of thing, that's that's really died off quite a bit. But then also, um, you know, Ukraine was a major provider of wood forestry products. And I can only assume that a, a lot of that wood forestry products is probably not flowing through the... Through the uh, through the system, a couple of more birds flying through here. Um, anyway, is probably not going through the system like it once was, and therefore, like being a global global commodity, you would see that the prices would probably stay elevated so long as the Ukrainian thing is, or the you know, the issue taking place over there. I haven't heard of that happening. I'm still just assuming that. I was waiting to find some information that actually confirmed that, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, the United States does get a lot of lumber from like on the eastern side from Europe, like some European lumber that does come in. So, you know, as long as like this sort of issue continues, then I would assume that we're probably going to see some more elevated prices on it. Um, if that wasn't happening, I think that lumber would be much less. Um, but I can't, I can't prove it with any articles or anything else like that. Um... So let's see here. And my rent is probably going to skyrocket in this August. Got 40 ounces of gold right now. Only worth 80,000 tops. Just waiting for gold to top up with homes. Go down. Buy when interest rates are high. Probably pipe dream. Maybe not. I mean, you know, you never know what could happen. And as long as you're in a position that can take advantage of that situation and I would say go with it I mean who knows what's going to happen um, you know it's funny because I've listened to a lot of investors who said like you know when they were going against what everybody else was thinking when they knew that they were right but yet they got out early and then realized that had they stayed in that they would have like you know made so much more money you know you got to stick it out you got to you got to go with what your gut feeling is telling you to do and if you feel that that's what's going to happen then who is it that's anybody else to tell you that's different i mean nobody can predict the future so yeah. when you pick up your information you figure out what it is that you're going to do then that's that's the position you take Makes you a monitor, well, no problem. Yeah, it's no problem at all. And there's this nurse Manning. Uh, let's see here. You should talk about negotiating rent. Lots of people don't realize or know how to negotiate with their landlord when they try to raise the rent. Um, yeah, 
that would probably be a good idea. Um, Peter Schiff is being awfully quiet about what? I haven't really listened. Like, you know, you guys know that I have not been listening to a whole lot of other economists out there. I've been really trying to form my own opinions, and I've been not. I find like a lot of times that if I'm just like focusing in on a lot of what other uh, economists are saying or YouTubers are saying out there that I end up start talking a lot like them, taking in their information and speaking like what, you know, with their thoughts. Um, I turned off like a lot of that stuff well over a year ago and trying to form my own thoughts and my own opinions and it seems to be working out all right for me. So what has Peter Schiff been saying? Oregon has slowly growth policy for rural areas. The Fed is tapering and getting away from QE. Guess who made out with all that money? Audio is fine. Okay, good. Dollar index up 9% in two months. Yeah, I said the dollar index was going to rise. I knew it was. I mean, I knew at some point that the Federal Reserve was going to reverse the whole quantitative easing. A lot of people didn't believe me when it first started happening. But it's just... It's just the way they they were going to operate. And, and what's going to be really scary is how they are going to keep interest rates elevated during a time in which that you would assume the Federal Reserve would be lowering interest rates. They're going to keep the interest rates elevated for extra long for an extended period of time, much like they kept the interest rates low for an extended period of time because of like wanting to let inflation run rampant. Well, they're going to they're going to use that same excuse for fighting inflation to keep the interest rates elevated for a while. I mean, I'm for the first time, people are going to be able to get some sort of return on cash. In fact, I'm starting to find the articles about it already where a lot of people are starting to move into a cash position just because, you know, it's actually starting to pay a little bit of an interest rate now, which is something that they have never, well, not they never experienced, haven't experienced for quite some time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the Fed, oh, we already read that one. Okay. Excuse me. Nice coin gift. Yeah, it was. Wasn't that a great a great coin gift? Yeah, for those who haven't seen it yet, check this out. If you just popped in and looking. I got that in the mail today. Isn't that cool? That's very awesome. Uh, is all the U.S. in a housing bubble or certain markets? Um, I would imagine that it's certain markets that are more bubbly than others, if they're if you're wanting to kind of describe it in such fashion. Like the area that I'm in is incredibly hot. Like the the market here is just it's it's ridiculously expensive and continues to go up and things sell fast and there's nowhere to rent that kind of thing is like it can't last it won't last forever and at some point when it does turn because it has moved up so big so fast so far that the room for it to downturn is quite dramatic um so areas like mine i'm very concerned about if the if the area that you know if you're looking at has you know like the the prices moved up but like you know it didn't go up ridiculously go up then those places are probably less likely to have like a popping or of like prices or a downturn in prices or something, if that's kind of what you're looking at. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of things that you have to take into consideration. Like one of the things that I am like really focused in on, not so much like what prices or what is going to happen as far as the housing market and in the direction it goes like that, but more of what happens in the mortgage market. Because if the mortgage market is functioning, like I don't know what happens in the housing market, it doesn't matter. But if the mortgage market is functioning, then the Federal Reserve is going to be cool with whatever's happening in the housing market. So if it's you know new homes being sold or refinancing taking place, it doesn't necessarily have to be a booming mortgage market, just a functioning mortgage market, one that is operating like within reason or consistency. I don't know quite how to explain it, but that's really what the Federal Reserve is looking for. Now, I think what the Fed is really trying to do, because it seems like this is what they had been planning for quite some time back, you know, almost four years ago when we were reading that speech, the Federal Reserve speech coming from uh, from John Williams, the monetary policy for a low neutral rate world. In that speech, I mean, he described the idea of letting interest rates run or letting inflation run hot for an extra long for an extended period of time. And at that time, they had no idea where they were going to get this inflation from. But yet, here it is, and now it's come. And on the combating side of that, if you are going to have inflation run hot for an extended period of time, well, then you have to let interest rates run hot or run high for an extended period of time to make up for that so that you can bring that inflation back down. In the end, they're looking for a 2% average. They used to go for a 2% target. So being well over that target is not something that is concerning to them considering that they're going for this average rate now. And since they haven't hit that average rate very consistently over the last 10 years, it gives them plenty of room to be well above that average rate. So anyhow. All right, so 300 of you. I uh, appreciate it if you guys go over and hit that like button. If you hit the like button, it sends the video around YouTube, gets more people involved in the uh, chat, and I would really appreciate that. So let's see here. Inflation was baked into the cake over the last decade. It benefits the financial elites, but hey, it's all Putin's fault. <laughs> Great comment. All right. Do you think Bank of Japan is trying to initially intentionally trash the yen to introduce central bank digital currencies? Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, I do think that they are going to take the currency into a central bank digital currency. Do I think that like they are intentionally trashing it? I don't think it's like an in, intentionally trashing. I think it's just the nature of fiat currency. It just kind of goes in that general direction. Um, they're now at the lower bound. They're at zero. And they have a yield curve control, which basically means that they are going to be buying up as much treasuries as it takes. They're, they're you know, bank of, they were the Japanese treasuries, I think it was the 10-year equivalent, to maintain this like 0 to 0.25 interest rate on that, on that yield on that 10-year 10-year treasury, if they ever wanted to do anything more about getting inflation to actually kick in, they would have to take interest rates negative. And the, really the only way to do that is to take bank accounts negative to force the people to go out there and start spending that money. And since they have an older population there who doesn't really want to spend money, I mean, they sell more adult diapers than baby diapers in Japan, then you're going to have to force people to do it by taking interest rates into negative territory. And the only way to really do that is with the central bank digital currency or at least a, a 
digital currency in general. Um, and from the things that I've read, it looks to me like it's going to be sovereign central bank digital currencies, not like a global central bank digital currency that will force negative interest rates on the people themselves. Did I say that right? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> nice to see you are not in your truck. At the beginning, I thought you lived in the truck. No, I live in a house. It's a really nice house, and I enjoy it. I drive really old vehicles. I paid less than $1,700 for my two vehicles. That's combined. I've driven them, well, the Toyota I've driven for quite a few years now, and the truck I've had for, what, four or five months. And um, I plan on buying a Camaro in two years. And I don't plan on living in the Camaro. At least I hope I don't live in the Camaro. All right. Uh, I mean, you live part-time in the truck. I guess I do live part-time in the truck. Um, hey, thank you very much, John, for the $1.99. Are you a hand model? Um, no. Could I be? My hands are pretty hammered. I mean, look at those damn cuticles, you know? I don't think I would make a very good hand model. Make a good face model, though, wouldn't I? All right. Uh, let's see here. Toyotas are so reliable, the U.S. government gives them to ISIS. Okay. I think they just kind of left them behind. You know, it was funny because I was listening to a... I, was listening, I don't know where the story came from. I was sitting in a bar listening to a guy who was like, special forces or at least he claimed to be and he went over during like desert storm and they needed these vehicles to run around run around iraq with so they like literally went down to the dealership and bought toyotas and were driving these damn toyotas around that they had bought at the dealership at the local dealership there and then they left them that that it's making me money how is that man how is how is it making me money bro <laughs> Two streams in one day. More coffee. <laughs> Economic Ninja's going nuts on here. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I'm already subscribed to UE OnlyFans. He's nude the whole time. Can you send me a link to that? I'm only... Let's see here. I'm only 12 minutes back now. Love two times speed. Okay. <laughs> Ninja is sponsored by Mickey. Oh, is he? <laughs> I didn't know that. Let me get like get my cup out of the way so you guys can see it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Somebody's making money off of OnlyFans, Adriana. All right. Uh, let's see here. What I l wait. I left and came back. I thought it was a new stream. No, it's still. I'm still going. It's 50 minutes. I'm just hanging out out here. I ain't got nothing else going on. <laughs> um. Let's see here. UE looks like Colonel William Traven Taventon Taventon in the Patriot. Oh. <laughs> let's see here. What is your favorite thing to buy with fiat currency over the last year? I have kept building my solar panel system with the prices in the UK skyrocketing. It seems to make sense at, for me. Um, I don't know. I really 
haven't been putting money towards much. Um, I bought a little bit of silver and gold. Um, not much gold, mostly silver. Bought Bitcoin. Uh, bought some stocks. Put a ton of money down on a house. That's that's what I did. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Are you going to attend that convention in Texas or Florida? Yeah, I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to go hang out down at the Rebel Capitalist. Um, it was pretty cool to be able to to get that one set up. Of course, I haven't asked my boss for the time off yet, but I think they'll understand. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take off for uh, Florida there at the end of June and go hang out down at the Rebel Capitalist with George. Uh, keep up the good work. Food shortages will be huge this year. Thank you. Thank you, Economic Ninja. Let's see here. Uh, are there promotions, rooftop windmills, and produce power like in France? Let's see. I'll be catching world-class food all summer. Sockeye is God's gift to man. Hey, right on, man. That would be a fun to do for a summer, man. I'll go up there and just go fish for a summer. Love both Economic Ninja and UE. Right on, Dennis. Thank you so much. Yeah, Economic Ninja has an awesome channel. Now that the dollar is strengthening, monetary policy tightening, do you feel the precious metals run is over before it started? No, actually, I feel that we are probably going to have very much of the milkshake theory where we could see the dollar and gold rise together. And we have actually seen, you know, a bit of that taking place here over the last few months. And I think that could continue. Main reason is, is that you got two things kind of happening here. Um, one, you got the monetary tightening taking place, which means that people would probably want to get into the dollar as those dollars are going to be able to buy more goods and services going into the future. Now, I know that's very difficult to think about considering all the inflation and all the stuff that we have going on. But people are starting to take cash positions, and if you have a downturn in the market, you need to be in cash if you want to take a whole, take you know take advantage of that of that downturn in that market. So people want to get into cash, and not necessarily just cash, but sometimes cash positions, which means that anything that has an interest rate attached to that cash position, and that goes for anybody around the world. But right now, people are very fearful. They're fearful of everything that's out there, especially when it comes to sovereign debt or even corporate debt. I mean, especially corporate debt, but sovereign debt, too. And things like, you know, that occurred with, like, the Russian bonds and stuff really have people leery about whether or not they want to trust inside of, like, you know, the sovereign nations, and especially, you know, considering the United States and, you know, the possibilities that can come from that. So that leaves them really only other option is gold. So it's either dollars or gold. Those are the two places to be in. And the more fearful people are, the more that they're going to want to get into one of those two positions. And like I said, with as much fear of the dollar that has taken place over the last couple of years, gold is really the only option. And then Bitcoin on a lesser extent. Yeah. Ooh, it's getting cold out here. Did I get another super chat somewhere? Did I miss one? Sorry about that. No, I guess not. It was a hand model one. All right. Uh, let's see. I like George, but he's a bit dismissive of environmental concerns. Yeah. Um. I try to be. I try to be an environmentalist myself. Um. Just my own personal. Um. 
being, uh, you know, the, the hardest thing about like, you know, trying to have a, like a capitalist mindset is that, you know, really like I kind of heard a, d a definition of capitalism is taking natural resources and turning it to garbage as fast as possible. That's really like, there's a lot of truth to be said inside of that. Um, but really it's also like the capitalist mindset that also is what wants to preserve the idea of being able to profit from these things. You know, I think a lot about like ducks unlimited, you know, ducks on duck hunting is a very like kind of a rich man's sport. You have to have a, a decent amount of money to do it. You know, you got boats and gear and guns and stuff. And then the reward from it, like, you know, you shoot this little bird, right? You know, so it's like the, the ratio from dollars to poundage of meat is very, it's not, it's not like, you know, going out there and shooting a deer or something like that, where you can actually get a decent amount of meat for just, you know, a single bullet or something like that. There's a lot that goes into duck hunting, but so it's, it's kind of a rich man's sport. But when it came to a protection of the environment for the, the love of the hobby, it, the the ducks unlimited there's really no other like environmentalist organization that has contributed in such a fashion on such a scale like ducks unlimited has and it's by the hunters preserving their sport that has been able to you know create the massive amount of wetlands that have been established for this for you know for the life of of wildlife you know for the waterfowl out there so you know ducks unlimited is 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 a great example of where like you know that idea of like you know having a lot of capital and preserving the very nature of the thing that it is that you want from it can happen now again you know that's kind of like an obscure way of looking at it but still you know anyway let's move on thank you so much tmc my goodness a hundred dollar super chat you are awesome Love your talks. I was a late bloomer getting a financial finance and accounting degree at 35 years old. Just retired to manage my investments. The knowledge was worth the work, but it took a long time to build up my investments. The saying, it takes money to make money is true. Well, thank you so much, TMC. That is very kind of you for such a generous super chat. And yeah, I mean, it just goes to show it's like, you know, being able to be so generous with your money because of the education that you were able to get inside of economics and then using that, that knowledge to benefit yourself. You know, this is, this is where I feel a lot of people are limited. This is why, like, I think this channel is so popular. And, you know, again, like, even though I didn't really use economics to benefit myself with the knowledge of like, being a financial advisor or investor or something like that but i did use it to come out here and entertain with and in a sense that's like just as good for me it doesn't take a degree to to do this you know to to gain the knowledge and to have a conversation and you know for it to be able to benefit me and you and everybody else who's you know who has an interest in economics i mean this is this is how it's done you know thank you so much tmc i, I really do thank you any thoughts on QE, GT, GDP, and any predictions for Q2? Didn't the gross domestic pro didn't we have a growth drop just recently? Wasn't that announced today? I think I have a link in my description, or not in the description, in my ow, in my saved uh, saved messages that I was supposed to read. That um, anyway, I think didn't we have just a drop of, of GDP? I think that's going to continue. Uh, people are going to start spending less. It's not so much like 
it's going to be the economic activity that slows down. I mean, if you're not traveling as much, you're not going to be buying as many things. If you don't need as many TVs, if your experiences are more important, then you're going to probably be buying less stuff. And if there's less stuff, less consuming happening, then the United States is going to feel the pinch from that because we're a consuming nation, right? We're not a manufacturing nation. If we were manufacturing and selling to the world, that would be different. But we are consumers, and that's really what it comes down to is that we just went and had a major, you know, chunk of consuming taking place that no longer needs to happen. And I think we're going to feel the effects of that, you know, going into the future here. What's up, bro? Nice to see you live uh, live again. Thanks for the awesome organ views. I miss them. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Put my jacket on. It's starting to get a little chilly out. See how the conditions of the river changed already? It was flat as glass when I came out here, and now we got little ripples going on. Same thing with the economy. You can't say that it's always going to be awesome because it's not always going to be awesome. It's going to change, and you, you know, just in the course of just a, no time at all. Uh, do you think current economic times are worse than the past, or are people just more in tune with the economy and the news and social media? Um, again, I think that's you know, I, I think that's all relative to to you know, to your position and and where you're at. I mean, right now, people say that it's bad economic times, but I really see it as like good economic times when you consider that. There has never been a time in history that you could find so many ways and easy ways to make money. Like the possibilities of going out there and getting a job or finding side gigs or just starting businesses or just doing anything. I mean, it's so prevalent right now. It's so easy to do. It doesn't take any special skills or talent to, to really make things happen. It takes a lot to make it good that's that's the major difference and so like good economy or bad economy I don't really I don't know what that would mean like it's all about the position that you're in I mean if you own a bunch of real estate and you watch real estate prices go up every single day then you're probably considering it a good economy but if you're looking to buy a house you think it's a bad economy or it's not it's not good for you you know so it's really just you know the position that you happen to be in I mean I don't know. I I honestly think that right now it's it's an awesome time to make money. Like, it's not an awesome time to deal with your money, but you can make a lot of it. Like, who knows what's going to happen? You could easily lose your money by investing it right now in the wrong in the wrong place because there's obviously going to be some major shifts taking place, especially if we start shifting into digital currencies. There's going to be like digital currencies out there not necessarily Bitcoin, but alternate alternative currencies that are going to do quite well. I mean, some of these projects are going to, are going to do, you know, phenomenally well, but we don't know which ones are going to be the Amazons out there. It's, it's anybody's guess. And I mean, again, it's all about your position. All right. Uh, Let's see. Frequencies is thought vibrations is intent matter is all three yeah exactly it's the reason why things can actually happen you know you put some thought to it put you know the frequency the the motion put it in the energy things happen all right the best time will be here when holograms become a real thing okay um balance is absolutely key to life yep 
Uh, UE, what are you seeing with how the economy affects the dating market? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess, like, maybe I need to go and start dating or something like that to have an opinion on that one. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm only four minutes behind now. Very cool. Um, could there be another revaluation of gold in the future? Well, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know. Gold is a very, uh, it's not like what it used to be. Like nobody is in a, in a position in which that they are trying to acquire gold. Like I could talk to everybody I know personally, and there might be a handful of them that ever would ever, that would ever try and like get a hold of silver or gold. When that shifts, when people are like wanting to get their hands on physical metal, that's going to be a major difference. That will change the way everything is done as far as commerce, economy. Everything will, will start to be different. But, could, but you have to think, like, I mean, I forget exactly what the world, like, supply of silver is. It's like, what, 900 million ounces, 800 million ounces, something like that. So you have to think, there's like 350 million people in the United States. If every single United States citizen wanted to get two, three ounces of silver, it would pretty much eat up the entire world's supply. Just three ounces, less than $100 worth of silver, every single American decided that they were going to go buy it, it would eat up the entire world's supply. There would be none left, not for industry at all. And you think about 50% of it goes to industry, that doesn't really leave a whole lot of silver out there. So if you think like Canada, United States, Mexico, everybody in these countries wanted to get an ounce of silver or two ounces of silver, there just wouldn't be enough of it. Now you start throwing in China and Russia and India and all the other places out there. Yeah, you could see the precious metals go through the go through go to the moon if everybody wanted to try and get some physical possession of it. But nobody cares. Nobody wants it. In fact, you know, some people would actually turn it away. Uh, dating market. Well, if you don't have money, you're SOL. Ha ha. Um, huh. I guess so. I mean, I guess if like, you know, going out and to like eat and stuff like that, but wouldn't really like a good date be more about like just, you know, spending time with a person, going on walks, going to the beach, going something like that, like that would be more of like a meaningful date than, than going out. I mean, I guess if you want to be impressive or something like that, or, you know, wanted to use money to enjoy your good time, then yeah, I guess where money would be like benefit. But if somebody is like, you know, I only go out with you if you take me out to the fa fanciest restaurant, then <laughs> go, have, go have fun finding somebody like that, I guess, you know? <laughs> All right, I think you are really blowing up because I'm hearing a lot of other so-called professional economists trash talk you quite a bit. Then nothing but a bunch of haters don't listen to them. So-called professional economists trash talking you quite a bit. Then nothing but a bunch of haters. Huh. Who's talking trash about me out there? 
<laughs> like I care. <laughs> who's talking? Who's talking trash about the uneducated economist? Like he matters. All right. Love all here, but at calmness. I think with dating mechanics being the way they are today, our species won't survive long. Uh, when will car prices come back down so I can replace my clapped out vehicle? Buying used is a bad as buying new. No, it's not. Buying used is awesome. I buy cars with the idea that they are disposable. If I can get, like, say I buy a $1,200 car. If I can keep that for a year, that's awesome. Like, $100 a month is, like, you know, a fair price to pay to have a vehicle to drive, right? I mean, that's, like, that's fair enough. $25 a week, right? $5 a day to, to have a vehicle. That's not, like, you know, a bad deal. And then at the end of it, you go take it into the wrecking yard and they give you like a hundred bucks for it so you almost get like you know like you can get a good chunk of it back like i said i've driven two used vehicles for the last two and a half three years now i've paid seventeen hundred dollars for them they are like good running vehicles they get good gas mileage one of them got sideswiped sideswiped once and it hardly bothered me yeah used vehicles are awesome man i mean if I had my Camaro, I would hardly want to drive it. It would be like parked in the garage the entire time. So that's what I get to look forward to in a couple of years. Um, I want to know who was talking trash about me. Where's that at? Hey, man, love your videos. What's your advice for a 19-year-old looking to get ahead in the world we live in been welding for the last few years, but definitely don't want to weld my whole life. What's my advice for a 19-year-old kid? <clears throat> my advice to you is to find a goal that is beyond what you think is achievable, something that you feel is worthy, and you pursue that goal with as much intent as possible. That's what my advice for you to be. I don't know, man. Um, 19 years old, you have a very good position to be in to take advantage of compounding interest. Um, that is the most unique thing about being young as opposed to being old is that even though you don't have wisdom, you have the best opportunity to take advantage of that compounding interest. So that's what I would do if I were you at 19 is to pursue that goal, find that goal, that meaningful, worthy goal out there, something that is huge, something that is deep inside you that you feel that is, uh, that, that is your true calling, and you pursue that. And then I also think that finding something where you can get your money to increase on a compounding interest kind of scale that would be the second piece that I would I would go for. And those aren't financial advice. That's just me just answering a question. Don't follow that unless you truly believe it. Uh, uh, let's see here. You have a positive message. Awesome, man. Yeah, thank you. Well, I've been trying to. There was a long time there. I didn't quite understand what it was to have this. You know, you hear all these things like, you know, attitude makes a difference and the power of positive thinking and, you know, all these ideas of setting goals and stuff. Like, you don't. Know, you hear it, but it doesn't make any sense to you until one day it actually occurs to you that it does happen. It's like it's the real thing, man. I mean, 
you know, you set these huge, high, unrealistic goals. I mean, but they're worthy, they're achievable, you can do it. But man, they just seem so, so up there, you know, that it's just like, can I actually make this happen? And then you realize along the way, you find yourself like doing the most amazing things. Like I never believed in a million years that I would have this channel, let alone be on stage where I would speak in front of 700 people for an hour that I share a stage with guys like Ron Paul and Robert Kiyosaki and stuff. I mean, to think that that would be like a possibility for me five years ago was like not even like not even. So yeah, dream big, right? Just dream big. Uh, great tip for 19-year-old. My wife and I set a goal to save a hundred thousand. Took us three and a half years to do it, but it was a hefty goal at the time. And I bet at the time it seemed so unrealistic. But then the closer you got to that goal, the more real it seemed, right? And then pretty soon you're thinking, man, why did I stop at a hundred? Why didn't I make it like ten million dollars? You know. Uh. Don't get married through the state. Keep it private unless the state is your daddy. Yeah. Um, marriage is more about a merger of corporate contracts. If you understand your straw man, then you would understand what that means. Um, anyway, I'm not going to get into that one. I don't want my channel flagged. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Cooper, no problem. It's easy for you to build the proper team. Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, surround yourself by the individuals that you want to be like because you are what you think about. And if you are surrounded by a bunch of people who only talk about, I mean, not like talking about sports is a bad thing. I mean, this is like, I, you know, I enjoy watching sports just as much as anybody else does. But if you were to occupy your entire thought with sports and beer, then that's what you will be. That's, that's it. You'll be on the couch watching football, drinking beer. That's because because that's what your what your thoughts are about. If you study economics and that's all you think about is economics, well then, you know, next thing you know, you're going to have money flowing towards you in certain directions because that's what you do. That's what you think about. So, you know, study economics and, you know, try to have fun every once in a while because economics is the dismal science. All right. Uh, let's see. A nice one day at a time. Nice day finally saving up, getting ready to invest. Yeah, and that is, it's really, it is one day at a time. It's, you know, it's that day that says, like, I have I have the money to go out to eat. I want to go out to eat. I'm going to stay home and eat peanut butter and honey sandwich instead, right? And I'm going to put that $20 towards a debt. Like, if you have debts, that's the, that's, if you have debts and you're looking to invest, that is, like, the, the best thing that you can do is, like, you don't even have to think about, like, where to invest your money. You just pay off your debts because paying off your debts is the best investment that you could possibly do unless it's, like, an incredibly low interest rate debt, like, a very low 2%, something like that. But if you have, like, a high interest debt, like credit card or something like that, then, yeah, you don't have to worry about investing. You just pay off your pay off your debts. That's the best investment you can do. And then once you pay off your debts, then you can worry about investing. So, yeah, if you're in debt, pay off your debts. That's that's the most, that's the, that's the best investment you can do. Uh, I occupied my thoughts with nothing but by, but with nothing by paying my house off, but it took 16 years to do it. Now I'm 38 have no love and no life I'm lonely and bored well okay Aaron that's the thing you can't you can't miss out 
on it. Like, you got to turn around every once in a while and then say, hey, man, where am I? What am I doing? Where's my life? Am I having any fun with this? Do I have meaningful things going on, right? That's that's very important. I mean, you can't just, like, you know, try to achieve your goal and block everything else off to the side or else you're going to end up losing out on a lot of stuff. I mean, believe me, I'm experiencing that. So, you know, life is what you make of it. Be sure and, like, you know, have the good things in your life. I mean, be sure to, you know, stop and smell the flowers, right? Um, thing is, not everyone is the same. Some people are genuinely different. Everybody is genuinely different. Every single person is genuinely different from everybody else. Man, what is this? How do I get this person out of there? get this web chat block person scammer all right let's see here uh do you ever think about what would happen if you rented the studio overlooking the water i love the channel keep it up i do think about that i do i do think about like what would the channel have done like where would i have gone with it would i have done more like say would i have pursued more interviews with other other youtubers out there as opposed to you know do, you know, being the one being interviewed, would I have pursued doing more interviews? I don't really pursue doing interviews because, like, I don't really have a setup for it. Like, you know, I just have my camera, so I turn that on, but I don't have, like, you know, a setup to record and do all the other things that you would want to do if you're going to do an interview, like, if you were going to interview somebody else. So, yeah, maybe I missed out on taking the channel in a different direction, but, you know, it is what it is. You guys told me that if I took that you know, if I took that, that office, then, you know, you wouldn't be here. So I made the right decision, right? To not do it. Or you guys made the right decision. Cause really I followed your lead. Oh, uh, here comes the trolley again. Let me give him a second. Knock my camera over again. Are you planning to pay off your mortgage early? Um, uh, I do. I do plan on paying it off early, but it's a it's a really low mortgage. It, you know, it's like a three point one two or something like that. Um, so I do plan on paying it off early, but there's other things that I wanted to get done first. Um, I wanted to build up that that emergency fund, which is you know it's getting excuse me it's getting closer. Um, I wanted, you know, I have some ideas. Oh, hey, thank you so much, Joe, uh, for the $5 super chat. Um, there's a few things that I wanted to do first as far as getting, like, you know, things established, getting possibly, like, um, an idea for a business that I could do off the property uh, to, to try and earn some money to offset some of the pricing or the, the mortgage itself. If I could figure out a business, then I would use that extra money to, to pay the house off early. So there are some ideas that I do have. I just haven't put them quite into uh, into action yet. Um, so I guess at some point I do plan on paying it off early. But at this point I haven't I haven't started that. No. Uh, thank you so much, Joe, for the five dollars. I'm 26, working in a factory now at 200,000 net worth, feeling like a big fish in a small pond. Do you feel this with the YouTube, but working in retail? Um, no, uh, try and stay as humble as you can, bro. You know, I mean, be fortunate that you've done well. And and to think that um, 
I'm a big fish. I'm not. I mean, the people who know me personally don't don't see me as some kind of YouTube star, and I don't see myself as a YouTube star either. Um, I feel very fortunate to to have this in my life because if it wasn't for YouTube, I don't know quite where I would be. So, stay humble, bro. Um, and and like I said, you know, you're in a you're in a really good position, and if you maintain what you are doing, you are going to do quite well. Um, if anything, I would say try to uh, if you if you're able to do what you have done. My advice to you is try and find something that's going to be meaningful in your life, and you're going to be very surprised on how happy you will be in the end. Um, anyway, I'm going to leave it at that for you. Uh, are property taxes in the U.S. a certain amount per month depending on the cost of the house? I only heard about this in the other day, but it seems like a lot of money. We don't have them in the U.K. Okay, um, each state is different, so... Yeah, it, depending on what state you're in will determine on what your property taxes are and then even down to the county that you live in and even the city that you live in. So, like, yeah, property taxes are are <laughs> very obscured. <laughs> very obscured. <laughs> it, it doesn't, like, I'm fortunate that I live outside of the city limits so that my property taxes are much lower than, than within the city limits. So. Kiyosaki been wailing the same story over 30 years. He's like Chicken Little, and sooner or later he'll probably be right, but he does get a little bit old. Yeah, well, Kiyosaki, smart guy, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Wait for a giant crash and buy. And yeah, well, you know, I met him very briefly, Robert. Um, he has figured out. He has figured out the way to make money. Like, you know, the way that you borrow money to buy, you know, income producing assets is is unreal. Like, I I would love to do what he has done someday and you know, I find him to be a very intelligent person. Thanks, Yui. I just meant I want to do something bigger than factory work, not get a big head, just very bored with the current routine. That's where I mean you need to find you need to find something meaning in your life, right? Work in the factory is fine. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with having an honest job in your life. That's that's absolutely fine. But go you know, try doing some volunteer work for something, you know. Um you don't, it doesn't have to be volunteer work. It can be anything. Like, But try and find something meaningful in your life to do. And that can be difficult on its own. Like, A lot of people don't even understand what that means to, to do. But like, you know, volunteering is a great way to find that. And if you find meaning in your life, that factory work is going to seem very, very awesome for you because of how well it's benefited you already. Now you can add that meaning to your life and you know the joy that comes from that will, will become happiness. You know, I promise you, you'll enjoy it. Um, it's just that it's difficult to find that meaning. That's that's the difficult part is to is to find that purpose. And no offense, man, I'm proud of you, man. To get two hundred thousand dollars to be able to save that—that's like for anybody to be able to do that is is phenomenal. And you know, keep doing it. No one person has it all figured out. That's why we get together and we bounce thoughts off of one another. Exactly. You know, and nobody and nobody's in the same position. I mean, you know, nobody's 
you're not nobody's the same age nobody's in the same position nobody walked the same walk of life every single person is unique and different you have to make these decisions on your own you have to look at your unique your unique position that you are in the cards that you were dealt you know the skills that you have acquired and the life that you want to live and you put that forth you know you go for it uh, hey man, thanks for not only providing financial advice, but also some meaningful life advice. Money can only go so far in making a worthwhile existence. That's right. You know? I mean, you think about it, like, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with all that money after you get it? I mean, what was the point? What was the point of getting all that if you were just going to die with it all? I mean, did you do something that people remember? Did you know? Did you do something that that says, hey man, I'm glad I I'm glad I took this path because, you know, of the impact that I left on the world, or did you just come out of there saying, yes, I did it, man, I died with a hundred million dollars in the account. I mean, you know, it's, life, life is too short to just like, you know, just to say it's all about like, you know, coming out on top with the most, you know, it's like, you know, the person who I think experienced it is the one who, who, who did it right, you know. Pay the doctors and the lawyers. U.S. will be dollar Venezuela. Man, it's starting to get chilly out here. The wind's starting to pick up. Okay, if you could travel, would you go 20 years back or 20 years into the future? If I could travel, I would travel 20 milliseconds into the future. I want to be right here right now with what I am doing because there is no better position to be in than what you are doing, right? I mean, just just go for it. I don't know what the future would have for me that would be any different than what I could do now and other than maybe going back to high school because that was a lot of fun. I don't know what the, what the past has has for me either. It's right here right now that I want, you know. Even sitting out here freezing, you know, with you guys is like I can't think of anything else that I'd rather be doing right now. I mean, when this is over, I'll have something else I want to do. But right here, this is it. This is what I want to do. Question about the trolley. Where does it go when it goes by again? Can you pan the camera and let us see it? Thanks. Yeah, I will. I'll pan the camera by. Um, basically, it runs up and down the river, um, the river walk. Uh, I think, what does it go to? Like, Not quite to the port. Um, it goes from one end of town to the other, and then um, all the way to Coffee Girl, all the way to Pier 39. So, yeah, you can pretty much ride the trolley from one end of town all the way to the to the other end. Um, and I can't remember what is it like, fifty cents or a dollar to ride. So it's not too much. You know? It's a lot of fun. The kids love it. The kids absolutely love it. Uh, good call. Let's see. I don't know how you keep such an awesome attitude, man. I am very jealous of that. I am working right now, wishing I could skip the next eight hours. <laughs> uh, Joe, well, hang in there, man. I mean, to be honest with you, I come out here and I put the put the show on for you, but you got to understand, everybody has their problems, right? You know, and even though I have a good attitude for you to for you to see, it's like you know, the hour that I'm out here. I mean, you got to think. There's times in my life that I get down and. You know, I don't show that to you guys. Um, but that's everybody. Everybody does that. And it's it, the, the, the only thing about that is, is that, you know, you can't live that life. You know, it's okay to feel down. It's okay to feel upset and sad and depressed and, you know, whatever it is that you're feeling. All those, all those things are really valid to feel.
Sorry, guys. Damn, wind picked up. Uh, all those things are valid to feel. So you can have all that in your life, but you can't. You can't dwell on it. You can't keep it there. And when you come out and you want like more positive things in your life, then you have to push that out there because you have to give away what it is that you want. Right? You know, if you want, if you want positive energy around you, then you have to exude positive energy. If you are depressed and you are bummed and you are making sure that everybody around you knows that you are depressed and bummed and angry and upset, that's what you're going to get back. That's what you're going to, that's exactly what you're going to get back. And no matter what position it is that you are in life, no matter what it is, right, even if it was something that was maybe even beyond your control, you are in the position you are in right now because that is exactly what you were thinking. Just like Earl Nightingale was saying, you know, you know, grow, think and grow rich. I mean, this is this is a real thing. I mean, if you are, you know, if you are thinking about like gambling and alcohol and you know, chasing women and stuff like that, then that's the life that you're going to end up living. And if you're doing that at the same time, you're trying to be married, then you are going to have one messed up lies and hate and all kinds of anger and stuff that doesn't belong in your life because that's exactly what you were thinking is all this chaotic stuff. You funnel that down into, you know, a real positive, meaningful thing to follow and you put that energy out there. Well, that's what's going to come back to you. So think think of what it is that you want in your life and just keep it there like that don't think of anything else and when things come in negative it's okay just don't keep it there don't exude that energy out there. Uh, how high will DXY go how high do you see the 10 years the 10 year and six months we're gonna continue to see it rising um, I, I mean, it's not going to be a straight line to get there. There's going to be a lot of bumps along the way. Um, but you're going to see the dollar probably rising higher than you have ever imagined and ever gone, um, especially compared to the world currencies out there. Um, I don't know where the tenure is going to go. The, I, I'm thinking I, I'm going to follow the, the Fed funds rate. That's probably going to be an easier one to predict because most likely they're not going to be able to get much above neutral, which... I've always kind of assumed it was somewhere around that, well, I mean, it, it varies, but right now it seems to me that the Fed Fund's neutral rate would be somewhere around like that two and a half to a mark or so, two to two and a half percent. Anything above that is going to be very restrictive to the economy. And so until they get to that, you're going to see the U.S. 10-year Treasury continue to rise, but really it's going to be about market perceptions and all kinds of stuff. Now. If the Fed does get into a point where, like, hey, we can't really let the 10-year Treasury rise any more than this, like, I don't think they would make an announcement like that. That would be, you know, like, yield curve, like, capping, like, we are not going to let it go anything above this. That would be, like, a yield curve control kind of idea, and right now, I just don't see them taking anything like that. They really want the markets to behave as if that they are not going to be participating in it so that they will find that that. So I don't know where the 10-year treasury can go, but I would follow the Fed funds rate. Um, like I said, they're gonna, they say that they're going to take it up above 3%. Like I even heard somebody saying like 4% on the Fed funds. 
about it. That is so far above neutral. That is so restricting to the economy. I just don't ever see it getting there. Um, but somewhere around the two and a half, I would. And then whatever the 10-year treasury is at that point, you know, is what it will be. I don't know what that will be, though. Would you do a job in economics if YouTube hands you an opportunity in the future? Listen, I would not deny myself any opportunity. Like, I would take a look at any opportunity that was provided for me. But I have to also think about, like, peace of mind. And at the end of the day, like, what is it that I have going on? Do I really want to complicate my life with a very, like, with an extravagant career or something like that? Like, yeah, it could be a lot of fun. I could do a lot of things for, for my family and stuff. But, you know... Sitting at home at night after dinner playing Uno is worth a lot, okay? That's worth a lot, and I don't want to give that up. Um, I don't think they can raise rates anymore with U.S. going into recession. Um, I do. I think that they are going to raise rates into a recession, and then they're going to keep them elevated during a recession. I, I it's, you know, it's hard to believe, but these asset prices, oh, yeah, I told. I promised you guys I'd let you see the trolley. So here, spin this thing around so you guys can see the trolley. So anyway, man, it is getting chilly out here. Does that make you happy? Hey, right on, $20, thank you, Joe. Uh, keep us up to date with what happens with the Fed funds. Good reporting. Yeah, I mean, well, this is this is going to be a very hot topic. There's, if there was anything that I would follow, like if you were really like, just want to focus in on a couple of things that are probably going to be very good indicators, keep an eye on China. China's going to be an incredibly good indicator of what's going to happen, um, you know, as as far as, like, things that are happening throughout the world kind of happen in China first. I don't think we're going to go into another lockdown um, like China did. I think China did it to, for another purpose. I think that was probably more about trying to keep their inflation going. They didn't get as much inflation as, like, the rest of the, the, rest of the world did, and I think that they were trying to up a little bit more um now i could be wrong about that i mean you know i kind of think about this COVID thing being more of a of a ploy to get inflation anyway but you know we don't we're not going to talk about that because that's more of a conspiracy theory anyway so um oh and then um corporate debts corporate debt i think the corporate debt lending is is coming to an end so like the amount of people trying to buy into corporate debt is going to diminish dramatically and these corporations are going to have a hard time finding that funding and then you're going to start seeing things like what took place with with Evergrande over in China and those things start to start to unravel here in the United States as well so yeah those are the, some of the things to follow and I will certainly keep you guys up to date on whatever it is I feel that is important at the time um, you know one of the things that I'm finding right now is like uh, a great article talking about uh, how the freight is starting to 
starting to ease up, and I'm going to do a video on that one. Well, I was thinking about doing it later today, but I'll probably do it tomorrow because I'm going to be heading home here soon. But because it's just too cold out here to sit any longer. But uh, yeah, there's oh, man, I kind of lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Um, oh yeah, the Fed funds rate. So yeah, keeping keeping an eye on the Fed funds rate is going to be incredibly important. Um, but it's more about their language that they're going to use because that's probably really what's going to cause the, is going to be the driver of the markets. Um, people are convinced of it. They're convinced that there's going to be like, you know, half point interest rates, one point interest rate hikes, stuff like that. Um, this this causes market perception. I mean, and they are they are jawboning like crazy. All the forward guidance or loading or whatever it is they want to call it this is what they use wind noise is affecting your voice all right um yeah and it seems like it's going to be picking up so i'm going to bail out of here guys uneducated economist thank you everybody for the super chat you've all been super awesome and i can't thank you enough uneducated economist you guys let me know